Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's November 18th. It is 2021, still, for a couple more months. Well, like a month and a half now. We got a six-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast, and I'm joined by the Looch, Justin Carlucci. What's happening, man? My friend? What's going on, Stevie? Uh, Yeah, just sweating out some late-night stuff here. Of course, we have the chalky late game with the Jalen Brunsons of the world. So uh, that should be fun to keep an eye on some of that stuff, but super interesting slate for Thursday with a couple of uh, important questionable tags. And and like you mentioned to me previously, a couple of uh, teams on second legs of back-to-back Stevie. So um, it might be a, a pretty fun filled news day, despite kind of a small slate. Yeah. If you call it fun, um, I don't know if I call it fun. <laughs> I hate back-to-backs and this is, this is again, like my biggest complaint about the NBA season this season, it just seems like we have like three games one day, 11, and then we have like so many teams playing on the back-to-back. Just spread it out, eight to nine games a night. We'll still get some back-to-backs, but I, I feel like it'd just be a lot more easier in general. Anyway, we're here to talk six games. Um, again, first look podcast, like I always say, you know, this is just to kind of get your research started for the day. And um yeah, let's get into it. We start here with Golden State at Cleveland. No total in this game for two obvious reasons. Cleveland's on the second end of a back-to-back, and Stephen Curry is questionable for the Golden State side. Uh, Iguodala's out. Clay Thompson's out, and Wiseman's out. Uh, we'll have to see. Cleveland dealing with a lot. Um, I, I We know Evan Mobley's not going to play. They ruled him out. Um, I highly doubt Sexton's going to play. And I mean, I did see that marketing was getting close, so we'll have to kind of pay attention to that. And then Jared Allen, um, I mean, this guy didn't even practice yesterday, didn't even travel to Brooklyn. We'll see if he plays on the second end of a back-to-back, so a lot to talk about there as far as Cleveland goes. But let's start here with Golden State. I mean, the biggest thing for me is if Curry plays or if he doesn't play, Surprisingly enough, we got two solid defensive teams, Cleveland seventh, Golden State first. Uh, What are you looking at here for Golden State? Yeah, uh, obviously you addressed the elephant in the room here. Just whopping numbers, you know, using our uh, court IQ tool here at Roto Grinders. You take Stephen Curry off the court. Looking at Jordan Poole here, Stevie. I mean, I know it's an obvious first. Your gut probably goes there when you're looking at the list of players. Uh, 179 minutes, right? 8.6% 8.6% usage bump without Curry on the court. Um, 37 FanDuel points for 36 minutes. I mean, obvious chalk. And, you know, sometimes you have to eat good chalk. If Curry's out, you know, pool probably becomes a cash game lock. And maybe, maybe in certainly in play in all formats, depending on, you know, this might be a case where you have to get unique elsewhere for tournaments, in my opinion. So uh, Jordan Poole, you know, first look there if we get the Curry news, which we should either way. Um, I think we're fortunate that that's the, one of the first lock games, at least Golden State's not out West. So we will avoid some of that uh, late swapping disaster. Uh, but also, you know, Gary Payton uh, back in the mix again, every, every year, every other year, he becomes relevant somewhere. And, um, you know, he's not, exactly like the 12th man anymore I uh, just checked the uh, the log from the last game just to make sure I was right against Brooklyn and he was the first guard off the bench so um, although he didn't play a ton of minutes he was the first guy off the bench and if Curry's out I think Peyton becomes uh, pretty sneaky here as kind of a, a, a like a, a secondary option here outside of Jordan Poole 
Yeah, I mean, if Curry sits pool, uh, obviously at 6K is too cheap. Like, yeah. no no doubt about it. Um, I like Draymond a lot less if Curry plays. Draymond has one of the highest assist uh, estimated assist ratios in the league, and a lot of that has to do with having a guy like Curry next to him. So um, if Curry sits, I like Wiggins. I like Poole. Um, I mean, Peyton, like you said, he should get minutes in this game. And, I mean, I definitely don't mind taking some shots on Damian Lee. If Curry plays, I don't have a ton of interest in Golden State. Um, I mean, you could take shots maybe on Jordan Poole, but, I mean, if Curry plays, I think they control this game. Cleveland's dealing with a ton of injuries right now. And, um, I mean, this is a really tough back-to-back for Cleveland. Going to the Cleveland side, it's so hard to talk about this team the night before because there's just so many question marks. Um, just give me a rundown what you potentially are looking at here on the Cleveland side. Got some old dudes, and we don't know if they're going to play. Uh, obviously, uh, did Kevin Love end up playing a little bit on tonight? He played tonight? 24 minutes. Yeah, like I'd be shocked if he played, right? I mean, I saw a couple of blurbs listed conditioning as as like what his designation was. You know, Ricky Rubio, second leg of a back-to-back, right? He, he's ancient at this point. Having a hell of a year so far. But again, I, I guess I'd be surprised if, if they rolled Rubio out there too. Um, and the domino effect of whatever the Curry news is as well. <laughs> I'm looking at Chetty Osman all the way up at 6K on FanDuel and, uh, you know, 6,100 on DK. And um, they they attempted to price him accordingly. And uh, that, that's kind of funny. But I, I, th- I think you hit it on the head. If, if Curry's in, um, obviously that makes a lot of these uh, Golden State pieces uh, a lot less attractive. And uh, yeah, I would definitely be concerned about uh, the blowout situation here too. If Curry, if Curry's active, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think Kevin Love plays because they need bodies. Um, I mean, Okoro played 39 minutes, Garland played 40 minutes and Dean Wade played 38 minutes um, on Wednesday night. So obviously we're going to be waiting to see what happens with Kevin Love, but I mean, Ed Davis, if Markinen doesn't come back and Allen doesn't come back, yeah. He's 3,600. He got a little bit of a price increase. I think he's still someone you could potentially look at. Um, I think the biggest thing from yesterday to today when looking at the Cleveland value is Dean Wade played a ton of minutes, but he got a $1,000 price increase. So this isn't just lock Dean Wade in like we were trying to do yesterday. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the thing here for Cleveland for me is – does Allen, does market in play? I think those are the two biggest question marks here. Kevin Love, obviously. If all those guys sit, I mean, Ed Davis is probably still too cheap. Dean Wade is okay. But, I mean, look at Garland, look at Rubio. They're going to be the guys with the usage here. They're going to be the guys putting up the shots. So, uh, we move on. We got Washington at Miami. No total in this game because, I mean, Washington and Miami are both on the second end of a back-to-back with a ton of question marks coming into this game. So we'll start here with the Washington side. Um, I mean, Dinwiddie's not supposed to play. That already came out. Um, They said he was going to play Wednesday and was highly unlikely to play Thursday. So we kind of already have that news. Um, What are we looking at here for Washington? Yeah, um, that's obviously integral. And, of course, two more teams playing each other in the second leg of a back-to-back. just waiting for Brad Beal to get back on track. I, I wrote a little bit about him for RG on Wednesday. You know, he's shooting 40% from the floor this season. Eventually, uh, he's going to get back on track a little bit. 
Um, his peripherals are there. Obviously, Miami, not an ideal matchup. Um, but depending on the Curry news, you know, if you're, if uh, depending on how things shake out, uh, I still think Brad Beal is, is certainly in play, um, especially with Dinwiddie off the court, off the checkout IQ here. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's just it's so hard to uh, to give analysis uh, at this game collectively, you know, depending on who's who's in and who's out on the Miami side. Um, you know, Kuzma's price has, and Fanduel has been relatively. Uh, the same uh, after the first week, he didn't, he hasn't really been peripheral Kuzma as much anymore. Um, but again, if, if Dinwiddie's off, you know, that makes Kuzma obviously uh, any usage bump situation there too. Um, Daniel Gafford has been playing well, you know, 5k flat, um, you know, obviously more of a tournament play, a guy who uh, has steals and blocks upside, you know, minutes, minutes aren't a sure thing. Obviously, you know, he hasn't played more than 30 minutes, at all this year, I, he you know he rarely cracks twenty five, but um, I think it's a decent tournament um, upside look there, especially with if Washington's going to be down a few bodies. So um, that's what I'm kind of looking at. I, I still am kind of into Beal regardless. Uh, I just think he's going to get back on track sooner than later. Um, he's been playing a lot of minutes lately. You know, um, things seem to be a little bit more under control. So uh, that, that's what I'm looking at. Like Gafford for tournaments, like Beal regardless. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we see the guys take the court tomorrow in this game uh, on both sides. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those situations where I think um, Aaron holiday is super interesting just because we already kind of know Dinwiddie's not going to play. Um, so he was playing really well with Beal out. Should get a bump back up to, you know, 28 minutes here with Dinwiddie out. And, I mean, he's still only 3,800, so I don't mind him. Tough matchup, though. I mean, you know, Miami, even without Bam, potentially, and without Kyle Lowry, potentially, um, it's still – they're still such a really good defensive team. And we saw them, like – they started so slow and terrible um, on Wednesday night against the Pelicans, and they just turned the defense on, and the Pelicans couldn't do anything. So, um, I mean, Beal at 9,400, we know the ceiling with Dinwiddie not there. I think he's someone you're you know, definitely looking at. And on the Miami side, if Bam and Kyle Lowry both sit again, I mean, how do you not take shots on Butler and Tyler Hero? I know Hero... I think he had like two points at half and ended the game with like 19 points. So, um, I mean, both of those guys, you know, plus maybe like a Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin played, I think 24 minutes, um, yesterday. What are your thoughts here on Miami? Yeah, no, I think you, I think you nailed it. Um, I have no problem going right back to hero, obviously uh, a plus matchup against the wizards. Um, yeah. You know, if Hero could put four, four quarters together, he's going to crush. I mean, we've seen this from him a couple of times this season. Uh, slow start, but, um, you know, has strong second halves. Washington not playing as as fast as they did last year, obviously, without Westbrook. But um, I'm still, still a team that I'm willing to target. And they actually have a decent defensive efficiency. Playing some decent basketball in Washington, all things considered. Um, but I, I'm still, you know, targeting the Wizards pretty frequently. Um, and I think eventually we'll have a little bit of regression uh, defensively and, and maybe a little more pace-wise. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler obviously becomes an optimal look um, if Lowry and Bam are out. And even if one of them are out, I mean, that's a huge difference in terms of usage, and uh, you know, with these starters. Um, Duncan Robinson, a guy I just never get right, Stevie. If there's <laughs> maybe one guy in the NBA I just don't get right ever is Duncan Robinson. Terrible night uh, against New Orleans, you know, played 25 minutes, six points, that's it. 
couple of assists. Um, but he's one of those guys who's super boomer bust. You know, Gabe Vincent played 27 minutes, and I just I just had the box score in front of me, and I'm still trying to digest Wednesday night slate here. Um, that was one of the things that stood out to me, right? You see a lot of names in that Miami box score that actually checked into the game, but you mentioned Martin and then Max Druss and Vincent were the only three um, to log 20 plus minutes. So um, kind of a, a fairly condensed rotation there, despite a lot of bodies actually checking in garbage time at the end, but you're right. Butler, if, if we're missing some of these Miami starters, uh, you know, hero, I, I still think hero has a pretty high floor and a super high ceiling. Like you said, we saw like two quarters out of hero and he kind of hit his almost his floor with, with all things considered. Um, so yeah, you, you pretty much nailed it, Stevie. We got the Clippers going into Memphis, 221 and a half total here. Clippers, a one-point favorite. Uh, Nicholas Batum is doubtful. Johnson, Kawhi, Morris, all still out. Terrence Mann, questionable. Memphis is good to go. I mean, they're healthy. They're one of a few teams in the NBA that are actually healthy. Uh, let's start here with the Clippers side of things. I mean, you know, we talk about the Clippers all the time as a team that you know, doesn't play terribly fast. Um, so you, you have a matchup here against Memphis and it's like they're playing Clippers are playing faster this year in general. Um, they're just playing really good basketball in general as well. I, I mean, Terrence man matters. Nicholas Batum matters. Um, Nicholas Batum is someone that is on a nightly basis playing 30 plus minutes um, in close games. So this could be a spot that like, Boston Jr. or um, Luke Kennard. I think like Luke Kennard already has like a role. If man sits too, I think this could be a spot that like Boston Jr. at 3,300 becomes super interesting. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Clippers? Yeah, you're right. Uh, they definitely both matter. <clears throat> I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I'll ask you about Eric Bledsoe. I know you wrote him up for scores and odds the other day, but um, he's been he just playing. didn't get there. <laughs> I know. And he's been playing great basketball. He's been seeing the minutes too. Um, At the beginning of the season, that was kind of the Achilles heel, but that's oftentimes the problem with the Clippers. You have Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, and they negatively correlate because they eat each other's minutes. They take each other's shots. You know, they kind of play similar roles on this team. Well, Bledsoe and Jackson for sure as, as ball handlers outside of Paul George. So I'm looking at Eric Bledsoe's price on both sides. Really like it. The minutes are that are trending. Um, he's playing much better. Uh, there's some peripherals. Memphis doesn't play any defense. They play at a fast pace. So, you know, between Reggie and, and, and Bledsoe, like I have interest in both of them for sure. I know you mentioned some cheaper value guys and, and I'm with you on there on that too, but I'm curious to see some ownership projections. I, like let, let's say Terrence Mann is out and, um, you know, can Bledsoe and Jackson coexist in any kind of lineup structure? Do you think, can you, can you like kind of stack this game that way at these prices, Stevie? I think my exposure to Bledsoe will be more on the sports betting side of things because mm -hmm. he did get a price increase. Like he has been consistently scoring 30 points. Um, I mean, the other night, like it's not like he had a bad game. Reggie Jackson just had a fantastic game. Um, so maybe there is some negative correlation there um, just in general. But I, I mean, if I'm looking at the Clippers, Obviously, Paul George is someone we have to consider. He's just so expensive. We're going to talk about Denver. I'm playing Jokic over everybody today. Um, I mean, we'll get to that. But so, I mean, I probably don't get to Paul George on this slate. I mean, 
I'd probably make a group on lineup HQ limiting Bledsoe and Jackson to the same team, but I think they both have potential upside. It's just, I don't know if they have it together. Um, I mean, I think the, the value is there, uh, assuming that Batum really does not play here as being doubtful. Um, the Memphis side is interesting too, because this game is going to be, uh, you know, a good paced game on a small slate. It's just, the Clippers are a very good defensive team, and I mean that's where Memphis gets in trouble. They're one of the worst um, defensive teams, so you worry obviously about the game just staying close in general. What are your thoughts here on the Memphis side of this game? Yeah, good points for sure. Um, Dylan Brooks back just complicates things in terms of targeting guys for for not only betting but for for DFS. I mean, hell of a start to the season for for John Morant. And, and of course, Desmond Bain had some uh, mis, uh, mislabeled props at the beginning of the season, um, but that just kind of mucks the water a little bit. Um, it, you know what? I, I probably won't target Memphis a ton, uh, depending on how news breaks. Jaron Jackson, you know, another guy up at almost 7K. Man, I know I, I know I said I never get Duncan Robinson, right? But Jaron Jackson's got to be right up there. He actually averages like, like over six fouls per 36 minutes. So I oftentimes think the ceiling is capped despite, you know, his super talent. So um, I, I, you know, as of now, I don't, I just don't see myself targeting Memphis a ton, you know, um, Steven Adams minutes. I, I don't know, but he's cheap. Um, so, so he's, he's one guy I'm interested in depending on how we things shake out, but um, that's the guy who needs minutes. So like, if you play a guy like Steven Adams or, or anybody really like it, the, there's not a lot of cheap, guys on this team that interest me so you kind of need that game to stay close if, if you're playing anybody from memphis so if i'm playing anybody from the grizzlies i'm definitely having clippers exposure too all right uh moving on we got san antonio at minnesota 223 total here minnesota is a one and a half point favorite they're playing currently still but i didn't see any injury news so far in that game and then on the Spurs, Collins and Podal, he is getting close, but they still ruled him out for conditioning purposes. Um, let's start with the Spurs. DeJounte Murray, a very underrated stud this season. Um, low owned every night because nobody wants to play him at this price tag. What are your thoughts here on the Spurs? I, I totally agree. Uh, and you're getting the Wolves on the second leg of a back-to-back. Murray's basically the same price on both sites here. Um, so I do have a ton of interest in Murray. It, it's awesome to see him with no leash anymore because for the past X amount of seasons with Popovich, it was like, well, what are we going to get? What's he going to do? Is he going to play 25 minutes? Is he going to crack 30? Uh, but the leash is off, and, and it's awesome here. And, and Murray's been spectacular. So um, I, I love Murray uh, on this slate quite a bit. I, you know, I'm not sure depending on news, how much I'm actually going to land there. But I'm looking at Derek White, too. Um, and I know he hasn't had a bunch of monster games, but both sites, 5,300, you know. Uh, I think this game is very targetable, especially I'm on the Spurs side. And, uh, you know, White's at that price will give you a fairly safe floor and, you know, seven to eight times upside. Uh, so I like this game quite a bit. Uh, what are your thoughts over there on the Spurs? And, and, of course, Mary, like you mentioned. I mean, if you can get Thaddeus Young cheap anywhere, um, his price on DraftKings is kind of where it should be. If I end up into that range, I don't mind him. DeJounte Murray is always someone that I really like for tournaments because nobody plays him. Um, Outside of that, though, I mean, it's kind of pricing is eh on this slate uh, for these teams. So uh, Vessel at 4,500, I mean, even him. I guess, like, with McDermott being back, 
you know, I just, I don't know. The Spurs are a tough team to target. And on the Minnesota side, they're on the second end of a back-to-back. I don't love shooters on the second end of a back-to-back, but I don't mind Edwards here at 7,700, um, kind of going against my own rules. Want to see if anybody, you know, gets ruled out like a Patrick Beverly or anything to potentially open up value in this game. But overall, I mean, this is probably one of my least favorite games. And it, I mean, in a tournament perspective, this has the highest total currently and a game that you could stack and win a tournament with. Yeah. You make a lot of good points. And um, the Spurs are just a team. I just never enjoy, you know, having exposure on the other side against like, they're generally pretty fundamentally sound. It's not like they play super fast. They're generally you know, average middle of the pack defensively. Um, but you're right. I hate that this is a second leg of a back-to-back because I'm a little worried about, uh, I guess, minutes and guys like D'Angelo Russell, um, who I was looking at tonight, actually, and and in some of my GPPs on FanDuel, he was pushing like 20, 23% ownership. Uh, You know what? Like Russell's been logging some significant minutes, a guy who's typically babied, you know, typically on a leash to some, whatever you want to call it, minutes capped. Um, But his minutes are there. Um, And he's having, you know, decent fantasy outputs despite shooting the ball pretty pretty poorly. You know, 7 of 21 against Phoenix, 6 of 16, 8 of 19. um, You know, but the peripherals are there, too. I mean, he's chucking from three, too. Uh, We might have to look into his his three-point props, too. I mean, he's just launching from three this season. 10 10 uh, three-point attempts against Phoenix, 7 against the Clippers, 9 against the Lakers, 10 against the Warriors, 13 against Memphis. I mean, this guy is just launching, which is great for fantasy purposes because, you know, it's all about opportunity. Um, Fair price. Again, I I just don't know where I'll land with this game, but if I do pay up for for someone like DeJounte Murray, I do uh, have interest in kind of at least running it back with somebody from Minnesota, and my preference would probably be Russell, uh, gun to head. (laughs) All right, um, moving on, we got Philly at Denver. No total in this game. Still waiting on a little bit of injury news to come out. But, I mean, for the most part, we know what's going on here. Embiid is out. Simmons is out. Tybal is out. And Danny Green is out. On the Denver side, Murray and Porter Jr. remain out. And then Will Barton is doubtful, um, which throws a wrench into everything. But we'll start here with the Philly side of things. Tobias Harris coming off of, I mean, his worst game. Without um, Embiid, it was Utah. I feel like this is just one of those spots you don't overreact to. Drummond, I, I think Drummond is someone that like I'm least likely to play over 8K because Tobias being back, we've seen a huge hit. Um, but I honestly, I don't mind Maxi. I think his price is a little bit high. But the guy that I, I think I like the most here is Shake Milton. Got the start the other night with Danny Green, played 35 minutes in a game that wasn't even that close. Um, him and Seth Curry, I mean, they're shooters under 5K. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to Philadelphia? Yeah, it, I, I'm with you on Shake Milton. I think it's a price and minutes kind of blend there, which gives him a decent floor. Um, more of a ball handler than Curry. So he'll have the, the ball in his hands a little bit more than Curry, which, which is appealing. Um, Philly has just been such a, a train wreck up and down the season with every, all the injuries they've dealt with and uh, the COVID situations. And, and I'm a, I'm here in the Northeast, uh, you know, I'm right outside of Philly, uh, Stevie. So it, uh, <laughs> it's just been uh, a rough couple of months, especially with all the Ben Simmons stuff around the team. Um, I do worry about them getting hammered in this game a little bit. Not going to lie. I don't know what the total is. Denver's uh, eight point favorite. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having a tough time, you know, looking at Maxi 7,900. 
just don't know what kind of upside he's at, has there, all things considered. Um, I, I do think Shake Milton playing a little more uh, hurts Maxi a little bit because they're kind of both usage guys, need the ball in their hand kind of thing. Um, if this game does stay competitive, uh, you know, Jokic has been incredible but per minute. Uh, without Michael Porter Jr. and now without Will Barton, I mean, that, I mean, I know I'm kind of segueing to the other side, and forgive me, um, but I, I have more interest in the Denver side of things. But I like to shake Milton call. The thing, the, I think, the biggest thing here when you're looking at a six-game slate is Denver is going to be popular as they should be. Who can I run it back with on the Philly side? Um, because I think that's the the biggest thing here when potentially looking at like you know, this game in general on a six game slate. I mean, I mean, starting with Denver in 103 minutes without these guys on the floor, we, we know, we know exactly what we're getting out of Jokic. We're getting a 38 and a half percent usage rate, two fantasy points per minute, just an absolute beast. Triple double is just so high. <laughs> this guy might shoot 30 times in this game um, and still get 10 assists and 10 plus rebounds. So, I mean, I think Jokic is the best play on the slate. I don't think many people are going to argue that. It's just who do we play with him with no Will Barton? Is this uh, close our eyes and hope Aaron Gordon shows up? I'm a Magic fan. Um, I mean, there are games where Aaron Gordon shows up for big games. Do we think Monte Morris is the better option? Personally, I like Monte Morris more than I like Aaron Gordon. And I mean... PJ Dozer and Jeff Green are going to get minutes in this game and like Highland's going to get minutes. It's just, it's kind of just going through the noise and trying to figure out who you want to play with Jokic because Jokic is the best play on the slate um, by the numbers, by a lot of things. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Denver's one of those teams with a billion role players and who are all going to get the minutes. And it's almost like next man up at any given slate with some of these guys. And Aaron Gordon disappoints when he's chalk and seems to crush when he's like 12 percent. Um, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir as, as you're a Magic fan. Um, I think I'm fans will just, you know, in terms of running it back, just to slightly backtrack is Tobias Harris, super attractive price on on FanDuel, 1300 cheaper than DraftKings. And, and that's a big deal. Like, <laughs> I, I can I, I can if you're playing Jokic, you need this game to be fairly competitive. Um, so you're you're gonna get Harris at a pretty low ownership on DraftKings, I think, at 8,800. Um, again, it kind of depends on on who's in when it's all said and done. Um, but I'm a little surprised in the uh, in the like in the difference in pricing between sites here. Um, you know, fans will, of course, maybe the intern was working sleep at the wheel with the pricing algo, I guess. But, you know, like they knew Embiid was out. They knew some of this injury news broke. And I thought we'd see Harris at least like 82, 8300. So I think he is slightly underpriced to buy his Harris on FanDuel. I didn't cash that right away. So I'm, I'm cool with, you know, Harris uh, or Shake Milton. Not sure if I'm playing both of them, uh, but I, I think, you know, one of them warrants consideration if you're playing Jokic. Denver side, like you said, Aaron Gordon, just such a such a great price, especially if Will Barton's out. It's it's tough to not play him, and and Philly hasn't not been good defensively, Stevie. And and I know you know this, and not having Embiid and, and of course Simmons and, and Thibault, those are the three best defenders, and it's it's certainly showing. So um, I, I do think Aaron Gordon will have a, a little bit of chance to even get out and run in this game a little bit here, and uh, and do some damage. So he, he's my preferential play uh, aside of Jokic. You mean Seth Curry's not going to play defense? Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> or Maxi. I'll, I'll say this too: 
if Aaron Gordon is chalk, play Monte Morris. Don't play chalky Aaron Gordon. It is, it is a terrible experience. Moving on, we finish out the <laughs> slate with Toronto at Utah. 213 total here. Utah nine-point favorite. Uh, Precious, OG, and Boucher are questionable for Toronto. Very, very interesting. Um, we'll, we'll see. This is this has the potential to open up a lot of value on these 9 o'clock games. I mean, the slate starts at 730. All these games are kind of close together, so we should be able to adjust. But, I mean, if OG ends up sitting, Van Vliet and Siakam are very interesting tournament pivots off of some of these chalky options. I don't know if Precious really matters that much and Boucher matters that much because Siakam's back and he's back playing big minutes. I mean, oh, we're going to limit his minutes, 35, 39. Um, I mean, you're just you're playing Siakam because he's getting the minutes again. It's just a matchup. It's Utah. They're very good defensive. They're a very good team. I, I place a future, like a $25 free bet today, and I placed Utah winning the um, championship today because I do think, like, this team is very good, and they're very underrated. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Toronto? Yeah, um, definitely going to be keeping an eye on, on some of this and, and maybe leaving some late swaps open uh, for this. And I think I think you're right. Uh, definitely some some pivots here. Some things could open up. Man, look, seeing Gary Trent all the way up at 7K is like, what planet are we on? I'm just not used to seeing seeing that yet. Obviously, he's uh, he's cheaper on DK. And, um, you know, if everybody's active, I probably don't have much interest in Trent either way. We gotta get Chris Boucher out of uh, out of Toronto. Me and uh, the chief and I talk about him often, and uh, man, a Nick Nurse hates him, and the guy's good. I know he's dealing with with something here, um, but you're right. And Siakam's been pretty good since he's since he's come back, Stevie. So um, I'm curious to see who's in and who's out. Like if 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 OG's out, then uh, I do have more interest uh, in Siakam for sure, e- even against Utah. Um, you're going to get some good ownerships on this game, most likely, especially if uh, if not a lot is sorted out before lock, especially if Curry's out. If Curry's out, uh, we know where most of the ownership's going to go, right? 730 game. So uh, you made a really good point there. You can have potentially some tournament winners in this game with some late-breaking news. Yeah, I think this is game is like, if you have some duds early in those 7.30 games and 8 o'clock doesn't look like it's going well, this is just one of those games where you're like, all right, the only way I'm catching the field is if Jokic busts and this game goes off. And you can pivot because Jokic is 12K, so if you leave a few spots open, I mean, you just that's where you're just like, all right, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm probably going to lose anyway. Might as well take a shot. Um, and then on the Utah side of things, I mean, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, if this game stays close, they're the reasons why. Mike Conley has been a guy that has been very consistent, but he just doesn't have that, like, 40-point ceiling at 6K. So I think on Utah, I mean, Bogdanovich had a stellar game. It's two nights in a row that he has just shot lights out from three. He's shooting a lot right now, uh, especially with some of the plays they're running. They're running some screen plays and stuff to kind of get him open looks. Um I mean, Utah's a team, they're very good, and I feel like you can really kind of narrow down the player pool on the DFS side to, like, three iffy, maybe a fourth. Let me ask you a question on, on Toronto's side. Like what, like, what the hell are they doing with Goran Dragic, Stevie? I mean, like, like, I know they're not in a rush to do anything with him. He made one appearance uh, a couple of days ago when Van Fleet was out. 
But it's just like what what bodies have to miss for them to want to play Dragic? Is it like a Van Fleet only thing? I, I, that's it's just a confusing situation to me. I mean, he's, we don't even know who he's gonna play, but he's thirty nine hundred on DK. There's and something he, going on there. It's like what is? I just don't know between him and, and our guy Boucher. I I don't know what's going on north of the border there. Um, so this is just kind of a train wreck here with Toronto. Uh, I, I I just on Utah, you know. Mike Conley's pretty fairly priced, a little bit cheaper on FanDuel. Like, you're looking at his log. I think, well, the minutes are, have been weird lately. They've been down. Uh, the Philly game was a blowout, and he was playing really well. Um, so Mike Conley could be just one of those guys, um, especially on FanDuel, you know, not really in a, a, like a usage bump situation or anything, but at that price has a chance to come in at absolute no ownership. Um you know, and maybe outscore some of the chalk that we'll have potentially have at guard. So I think Conley is an interesting name to monitor. But you're right. When Utah's rolling and they're healthy, they're very good. They're very balanced. Um, and, he, and of course, you mentioned Bogdanovich. Like, he's he's so scoring dependent. Like, no peripherals typically. It's, it's maddening. But but the guy can really put the ball uh, in the basket. So Utah's a tough one. I actually had a futures bet on them. Like, I put it in like two weeks before they got Conley that season. I was super excited because they got really good odds on them. And of course they just uh, couldn't seal the deal, but I- I'm with you. I think Utah plays super sound basketball. They're well coached. And um, I know the guys on TNT who, who I like watching uh, give Donovan Mitchell a lot of crap, but uh, he's incredible. So I like Utah. What, what do you got them at again, Stevie? With, with the Jazz? Oh, I have no idea. I'd have to look. Yeah. Cause like they're for real. And the West is kind of open. I get like, they, they the hard rock's doing like some like free bets and stuff all the time I, i'll look in a minute but um i just usually throw it on like futures because why not <laughs> like yeah oh let me bet a ten dollar free bet to win eight bucks i mean that's not me <laughs> yeah no i'm but you guys know how much i love tournaments um let's uh let's play the morning grind game and then uh, we'll get out of here for thursday the football podcast will be up later today uh grant and i are recording i think around like 11 eastern so make sure you guys are checking that out uh, like i say with will all the time if you haven't already check out nfl food for thought with luch and chief justice over there um it's on the podcast page right there where you go listen to the morning grind and it's on itunes so make sure you guys are checking that out uh morning grind game favorite play under 5k we're using DraftKings pricing uh to go 7x today who do you like to go 7x um night Oof. before here all right DraftKings pricing oh man this is so fun because with all the potential injuries so if every if everybody's in man i know i know this he'll probably come at that fairly minimal ownership but I'm going with Steven Adams, 4,600. You know, the he's look at the Grizzlies game log. They've been, they've either been blown out or they've blown out their opponent in a couple of his games where the minutes were a little wonky. So 4,600 for Steven Adams. I think he has a big game against the Clippers. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the chalk here. I'm going to go Morris. Um, I love the spot here for him with Barton already ruled out. So I'm going to go Monte Morris. Um, He's going to be featured all over expert survey for me today, too. There you go. Some premium insight over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust at the top today? All right. Over 8K to go under 5X. Man, this is a good one because there are a lot of guys that are priced up. Um, 
I, I'm going to go with Towns on the second leg of a back-to-back. Like, n- nothing against Towns, and, you know, he's been pretty consistent. Um, I just don't tend to target uh, many players against the Spurs, uh, who just play fundamental. They're kind of vanilla. So Towns is my pick to uh, over AK to not hit 5X. Yeah, I mean, I like that one a lot. Um, I think this one's tough, not knowing the news. I think I got to go Drummond, yeah. 8,200, you know, he could eat. I mean, he could get there. It's just his usage and his shot attempts and everything has gone way down since Tobias has come back. So I'm going to go Drummond. Uh, favorite 6X play on this slate. Who do you like to go 6X today? Oh, man, that's a good one. Can I cheat? Take whoever you want. <laughs> All right. If Curry's out, it's Jordan Poole. Um, I'm sure we could both agree that that that's well in the cards if Curry's out. Um. You might hate this one, but that's okay. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking Barton's probably out. I'm gonna go with your guy Aaron Gordon. Does that make you sick, or is that, is that cool? <laughs> I have a jersey and a really cool dunking shirt. I mean, I this is a guy that I really like. Um, it's just DFS wise, he's so talented. Like the Magic drafted him because of just how talented he is he just he just doesn't always put it all together when the nights that he puts it all together man he's just crazy so um i don't care that he's 12k i'm going Jokic to go 6x um yes. i yes. think he goes for 80 fantasy points in this game yes so, i love yeah. it i love it i don't it. even care if he's the highest price guy love it uh let's get weird gpp play of the day it's always tough uh to try to predict somebody to be under 10 percent owned but who are you looking at to get weird mm. with in tournaments today Oh yeah, let's see. Let's get weird. You know what? I, I'm curious. I'm I'm curious with the like, with the Dinwiddie news and and you know the but it's the Miami matchup where Buell lands. I, I'm guessing he'll be over. Um, if I had to guess, he'd probably you know maybe like 25 percent or something like that. Um, man, what what do you? Th- uh, this is a little bit unrelated. I'm kind of buying some time too. What do you think Tobias comes in at on DraftKings at 8,800 in that matchup? If you had to give me like a ballpark here, under 10. percent Yeah, I mean that that could be one. Like if the Jokic Sixers... is going to be like 60, <laughs> percent <laughs> if You're not right. higher. You know, it, if if Philly's going to make this a game, it, it's it's got to be through. It's got to be through Tobias. That's being said, like this. I think I think Siakam, like if we don't get that news, and I know it's Utah, and we talked about how fundamentally sound they are. They play pretty slow. They play really good defense. Um, but I feel like if there is a, a, a an area you can exploit them a little bit, it's when there's a super athletic wing um, who's maybe uh, long as well, because of course you have Bogdanovich who's great offensively, doesn't play defense and a Royce O'Neal, a little bit undersized for the four. Um, So we have seen some forwards uh, do work against Utah. If you ever want to see something great, I know Giannis is a complete anomaly, but uh, Giannis has like a floor of 55 against Utah. And that's kind of where I kind of got the forwards could do a little bit of damage thing against Utah. So uh, I'm going to go with Tobias, but also keep an eye on Siakam. I know we talked about Toronto, and um, uh, I think he's in a very unique spot in a matchup nobody really cares for at a price that nobody really wants to play him at. Well, whoever I pick is going to be better than um, Josh Richardson yesterday. Um, <laughs> 27 minutes, 18 fantasy points. That is Josh Richardson MO. 
Um, but I am going to go back to the well on a very cheap play that I think with all the value today is going to kind of get lost in the mix. And that is Aaron Holiday. He's 3,800 going up against Miami. It's a tough matchup. This dude will shoot. I- I'm not worried about him putting up shots. And if he could just pick up a few assists and a few rebounds uh, with Dinwiddie out, I think Aaron Holiday um, is just super interesting here for tournaments. Um, that's it. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I, I like the holiday call. He's a hustle player too. Always picks up some garbage, some garbage stats as well. Um, but yeah, definitely keep those push notifications on everybody for a small slate. There's going to be uh, a decent amount of fireworks here and uh, I'll leave it with that. It's been a pleasure to finally jump on here with you, Stevie. Thanks for having me. I mean, you, you've definitely filled in a bunch hosting wise. So I, you know, I appreciate that. And um, thanks for hopping on. That's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. I almost said Friday. Again, we'll have the football podcast up later today. Will and I will be back tomorrow talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.